episode 71 of the florida trail runners podcast and this time we're talking to rob marins or also known as sandal rob we dive right in we talk about running in sandals running in minimal shoes and of course biomechanics that you know that minimal running entails versus your conventional running shoe plus then we move on we talk about the great florida race called azalea rob has been out azalea for many years now but typically he's done the 24 hour event and this year he took on the 12 hour and he got second place going 56 and a half miles so we get that it's awesome to hear about azalea so hey let's kick it off with rob Hey, Joseph. Hey, Rob. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, good to finally meet you. I don't know that we've uh, crossed paths before. I feel like we might have been at some of the same races probably at the same time, but just never knew it. Sure. Well, that's probably accurate. Cool. So, um, I mean, how are you doing? I know, you know, how are you feeling from the, the 12 hours of it at Azalea? So I hit a lot of roots, and that's one of the downsides when you, you run with a, a, min, a minimal shoe. You can definitely hurt yourself a lot more. You don't have a, essentially a foot glove or arm. So I, I, I have a little wound here and there from scrapes and scratches and toe-kicking uh, roots. But uh, surprisingly, my... Uh, my muscles bounce back pretty easily. I was dealing with a hip injury since pretty much March. So I've been maybe more slacking than I should have been that my body would allow me to, uh, to, to train. But uh, I, I have learned, and I'm 40 years old now, that you do have to go to the gym. You can't just run. You know, you got to build that muscle core, but also the core core. So uh, uh, page one, and I got in... Uh, second place and i my goal was to hit 50 miles in 12 hours and i did like 54 or something so i was happy it was a successful day <laughs> um winston is an awesome guy um yeah and uh getting to uh kind of hang out with him is always is always nice his whole family is good good peoples but um obviously we should you know kick it off with you know a little bit about yourself and What's the athletic history? Because I know you didn't start hitting the trails until, like, you know, later on. Um, yeah, so uh, born and raised in Germany. I didn't even know what football was. Soccer was the main sport. And um, you get to do plenty of running <laughs> when you play soccer. So that that is how I, uh, my base of running that laid the groundwork. Um, moved to America when I was about 10 or so years old. And... Um, my mom was a single mom with two kids, and uh, that made it difficult to do sports in school, partly affording the uniforms, uh, not having rides and stuff. So I learned quickly that I'm going to try to do some team sports. I'm going to have to either walk home afterwards or run home. And uh, just started uh, started doing that. Turns out I ended up not playing any team sports, but I sure got nine runs in buddy of mine um he was in a crew the rowing and uh, i from my understanding they do a good bit of running um 
in their training. So uh, I would jump in and, and just r- do the runs with them. And then uh, the uh, Born to Run book, I found it at the library as an audiobook because I was already running and it just kind of gave me a whole new perspective. I kind of turned my life around in many ways. I broke up with a girl and kind of went down a dark hole of depression that would include, you know, some drinking and stuff. And one day I, I told myself, I cannot do this. And uh, I decided to put all my energies into running and training. And uh, I found the Destin events, Destin Ultras, and I decided to sign up for my first uh, 50K. So I really, really trained my ass off. I, I I was looking good. I was, I need to get back to that. But um, so I signed up for the 50K, went, it was on Valentine's Day, which ironically with breaking up with this girl um what kind of held a, a significant significance to me but went out there ran a 402 50k that was my first ultra and i won it on valentine's day and i got to post a picture with me in the finishing medal and a really cool award um very unique they have a uh, actual fired uh, artillery shells so so the casing for it and uh they they brass it up and and label it and stuff and i got to bring that back home and uh kind of show it off to to the ex-girlfriend ever since then that's how i started my my ultra running um and and trail running around here uh with the sandals is always fun, but you just don't get that much elevation. But I really enjoyed putting on run clinics. So I've done it through uh, a couple of YMCA's and uh, I've done it with Team RWB, as a matter of fact. And, you know, these, these folks, they'll tell us runners, um, you're going to ruin your knees. It's bad for you to do all this running you're doing. And technically, they're not wrong if you don't run correctly, you know. So uh, w- one of my biggest joys is being able to share with people, one, my passion for running, but also explaining that we have to unlearn what you think running is and, and relearn how to run appropriately. So as a, as a joke, my girlfriend, uh, when we would like drive in a car and there's a cute girl running down the, down the street, she would watch me watch her and not because she's cute, but I was um, dissecting her, her running style. I, I really get a kick out of when people reteach themselves how to run and they have improvements and less aches and pains. That's like the biggest payoff for me. Yeah, it's always interesting about form and technique. And, you know, as you mentioned with the book Born to Run, I feel like everyone has either read it or at least claimed to have read it. But, you know, these people literally made sandals out of tires. And and if these people can run and walk around work to their day-to-day life, you know, covering hundreds of miles, why can't the average American? So I guess for you, you know, what was it with the book Born to Run that changed everything for you yeah man uh i i don't have an answer for you but uh i think the book itself introduced a lot of uh ultra runners and personalities to more mainstream so i feel like uh when when you see these uh, stickers on on the backs of cars you know i did a 5k i did a the disney marathon and uh, that's why they created the color run or um, 
uh, even on a naked 5K at these nudist resorts, which <laughs> I've, I've done my fair share. You should try it one time. But basically, they, they have all these different, more unique themes, whether it is naked or you run with the, the colors, smoke and stuff to change it up. You can't just show up and, and run a 5K. You, you have to entice a, an audience with more different stuff. And when a 5K or a 10K or a half marathon is what your grandfather did, you know, people now up the ant. And that book, uh, for me, for sure, introduced that world of being able to test your body to run a lot more. You know, if you can roll out of bed and run a 5K, you can probably run a 10K. If you can run a half marathon with a little bit of training, you can do a marathon. If you can do a marathon, what's another five miles? And now all of a sudden you got yourself a 50K and you're an ultra marathoner. So it's it's definitely a, a mind thing, getting getting your body just to accept that you can do this. Uh, age really isn't a thing. As a matter of fact, I think your average ultra runner is is older now if if you would think like you said you're 26 yeah 27 27 um i would consider you rather uh young in in like an ultra running community so uh, age really doesn't have much to do with anything and and i don't have any aches or pains so so the old adage of if you run you're going to ruin your knees. Like that's not, not accurate if you run appropriately. So uh, when I was introduced to the book and where they talked about the Tarmaru Mexican uh, uh, natives that ran with, you know, cutting sandals out of old tires, you have so little protection and cushioning, it forces you to run with better form. So just the switch to that style of shoe definitely has paid dividends in my running abilities and longevity because uh, it, it hurts to, to run wrong. So if you don't want to be hurting and uh, perform, then you just have to unlearn the old, you know, it's the, everyone says it's the 1970s Nike shoe. Why they design a shoe like that? I don't have an answer for that, but it was designed and that's, it made running where, you know, I call it heel, heel smashing. Um, it hurt less. So the, and now you had a whole generation of, of folks that were heel smashing and uh, because they didn't know any better. So I always ask people to think of like, if you have a kid um, or you, you um, excuse me, run on the beach barefoot. A kid bounces on, on the balls of their feet, not on their heels. And um, I remember when I was in high school, me and the boys would go to the beach, uh, go for a run before, you know, the girls showed up and we got to have the old uh, beach days. And I would wake up that night at home with the worst calf cramps. And in my young, dumb brain, I was thinking like, boy, I must have really gotten dehydrated because I ran and there's salt water and yada, yada, yada. Turns out, no, my running barefoot on the beach just forced my body to run appropriately and the musculature in my calves was not used to that. So it, I just, you know, fatigued my my calves from a new workout. And that was kind of an aha moment. So um, going back to, I, I really enjoy teaching because when I see people do the aha it's so um, 
fulfilling. It, it, it gives me joy like a teacher um, doesn't get paid that much. But uh, when they the student uh, gets a good grade on a test or something, you know, that's kind of your payoff when you see the, the big smile on their face that they just aced, you know, some exam or something. Um, so I really I- enjoy that. Yeah, because I feel like if we were made to have a wedge on our heel, we would just naturally have one. I know brands like Nike, and I think it was like in the 70s, you know, they mm-hmm. changed how people run. They designed the mm-hmm. shoe to where you just have more, you know, padding on the heel and all that. That's did was exactly change. right. Yeah. All it did was change the natural human gait and the biomechanics that, you know, we were designed to just have. Mm-hmm. So uh, I work in the veterinary field. And um, if a dog walked on its heel, like the ankle, you would think it has a neurological issue. They're up on their toes. A cat is up on its toes. A horse is up on its toes. No one without a neurological issue naturally would be on, on, uh, on their heels or what, what's called the hawk in, in veterinary terms, uh, H-O-C-K, um, so no, absolutely. With with the the wedge, I like the way you use that. Um, with the wedge, it definitely created that. And you know, anything from ankle issues, shin splints, uh, knees, hips, back, neck, any kind of uh, distribution of of energy from from running wrong just shoots up your body, and that's where the the injuries happen. So being able to sit back, realize that we've just been running wrong, and then being humble enough to seek out more appropriate running, you just benefit so much from it. Yeah, and I guess with that benefit, what is it for the knees that make barefoot running or running in sandals, you know, just better for you? Because I know a lot of people will say, oh, no, that's just hard on your knees. Because I know, I mean, you're supposed to be landing on your midfoot, the forefoot, and just mm-hmm. let it, just let the natural structure of your foot, you know, decelerate or kind of land throughout your stride. Um, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, I ran a 24-hour ultra in sandals. I ran maybe 106 miles. And the only pains and aches I had was like muscle soreness, thighs, uh, my butt, but uh, no kind of like knee pain or hip pain. Uh, I remember when I, before I uh, learned about uh, the Born to Run book and just appropriate running techniques, I ran the Daytona Half Marathon. It used to be um, around Halloween. Now they changed it. Um, I would finish a 13.1 mile race and my knees would be on fire. And now I can run 100 miles and not have that. So I, I've always been my own guinea pig, but I mean, proof is in that pudding. And if you have good running form, including upping your cadence, um, your body doesn't have time to land on, on your heel. It just doesn't have time. Um, I had that aha moment um, one year. I was watching the New York City Marathon and the announcers, you know, the commentators were saying that these uh, elite runners don't spend very much time making contact with the earth. They're almost flying because they their feet turn over so quickly. And that's where I learned the magic number of somewhere between 170, 190 that truly they are flying. They're barely touching the ground because then their foot's back up. And if you land with your heel, that's a lot more time on the ground. 
So if you reduce the contact with the earth, you reduce the stress of the earth on your body. And uh, so cadence has definitely uh, been been a big factor in um, avoiding injuries. So uh, yeah, the uh, the book was cool and. I, I would definitely recommend it to anyone. Uh, I do feel like I kind of drank the Kool-Aid, but uh, I, I have my successes to prove. And if you're going to be hurt running, you're not going to want to run because you won't enjoy it. So, so being able to go out and explore awesome trails and there's a mountain bike trail around here that I like to run on and just be out in nature um, and enjoy it, then you'll be that much more happy. So it's not a, a job of, I got to run for an hour today and boy, my body's going to hate me afterwards. There's none of that. Yeah. And I guess from like an anatomical aspect, I guess, how does like barefoot running or, you know, the sandals, how does that actually mm -hmm. compare to like thick shoes that they sell today? So essentially barefoot, if we can just call it that, um, you're requiring your your feet and ankle and and calf or, or uh, entire leg which is the portion of your knee down where your thigh is from the knee up um, but the entire leg and things to use the, all these micro muscles that you don't have to use if your feet are contained in a full shoe because it doesn't hurt so much so you can you can either call it sloppy or lazy running you can get away with that and your your body you don't ask as much of your body um, in, in the feet and, and things as you would running essentially barefoot. So again, that's why I uh, uh, get compliments on, on my calves because I, I require more specific or what's the word I'm trying to use here? You're just asking more of, of your legs. You have to. You, you can't be sloppy. Um, yeah. Take all your shoes off and take a run down the golf course and maybe stay away from uh, the tee because you don't want to step on potentially discarded, uh, what do they call it? The tees, the little needle thing you put the ball on. It's a tee, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you don't want to uh, accidentally impale yourself on that, but that would be the safest way to introduce yourself to barefoot running where you're running on a nice uh, soft lawn Versus like just up and going somewhere on a, on a trail and then you, you got the rocks and sticks, uh, potential glass that uh, uh, you, you could potentially step on and, and hurt yourself. And then again, you're behind the eight ball. And now you, you hate barefoot running. So uh, um, I would highly recommend if you can find a, so to speak, clean surface to, to run barefoot. You, you might be amazed how a seasoned runner like yourself would have aches and, and pains in your, in your uh, legs, calves and things that you didn't realize you could get. Yeah, because it's just about that, you know, that slow introduction. How was it for you when you got your first sandals or went for that first run? So I, when I first bought my first set of sandals... Um, I decided to put them on and go for a 5k run. And th this is a guy who can run half marathons. I couldn't run a mile and a half before my calves cramped up and seized up on me. That's how significant running in sandals, uh, for the first time was where I should have been able to do this 5k run with my eyes closed, so to speak. And I couldn't, I had muscle cramps in my calves and that was like, wow. 
that's different. Yeah, because there's like 29 muscles associated with the foot that you're just activating the muscle structure and then as well as all your fibers and tendons and, you know, obviously all mm-hmm. the muscles. Um, yeah, is it 29? I didn't realize that. I think it's 29. You're including the foot and the ankle, I think. That's interesting. I didn't know that factoid. I, I like little facts like that. But yeah, you're you're engaging a lot more in going minimalist. Plus, it's always a conversation piece wearing sandals. I've <laughs> been I've been called the Jesus runner plenty of times, and now my my Instagram handle is Sandal Rob. You know, I kind of identify with with the sandal, you know, or just bare barefooted, and then see how how your body responds. I think uh, you'd be pleasantly surprised in the long run. Maybe not that same day. You might be suffering through some some muscular cramps. It's just you don't know until you know. And and seeing these poor folks that are out there running. And, you know, they, they mean well, they want to get a good workout, but I see this heel smashing that they do because they just don't know. Um, and the, the pleasure aspect of getting a nice workout goes bye-bye. Your body has a natural suspension system in the ankle that we forgot to use. So, you, so getting back into a, a proper running form, running technique allows you to have you're born with an, a suspension system. So I, I like to use the um, aero and airplane landing gear as a example so people can kind of visualize what what is going on. And that's always worked out pretty well for me when people understand that there's there is energy that is moving up your body. And I, I'll, as, as my leg jiggles and I'm trying to explain it, I'll tell them like, there's your ankle pain, there's your shin splints, there's your knee pain, there's your hip pain. And then you, you even go into the back, spine, and, and neck. All that energy has to go somewhere. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. It works for me, that kind of explanation. And hopefully some of these people um, have taken some nuggets from any of these run clinics that that I've done and just benefit their overall life, but, you know, running lifestyle. Yeah. And I think like a big factor with the cushioning, you know, you have the toe spring, which for a shoe is typically that curvature in the front of the shoe. And then you obviously have toe box. How free are your, are your toes? And then, cause obviously mm-hmm. there's a difference between the minimal barefoot and sandal shoes versus your, um, versus your conventional shoes. You know, it's, it's that sensory perception that you get when your foot hits the ground and it's kind of, yep. yep. It's kind of about how your body interacts with the impact as you continue forward. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if I wear shoes, I'm a huge fan of the ultra shoes because they do have that big toe box. Um, and while they do come in, in thicker cushioning and stuff, I do prefer, less cushion because I, I like to be, you know, closer down to the earth. I, if I had a, I don't know, call it uh, 11 millimeter, you know, stack height on a shoe, I feel dissociated from the ground. Yeah. And I guess with shoes, like there's a difference between the zero drop and like no cushioning versus sandals. And I know a lot of people tend to like interchange them, but which isn't mm-hmm. exactly accurate. One gives you more protection. It's like a, a foot glove. You know, they do make the toe shoes and I own my pair, but um, essentially a a shoe is the same thing. You just don't have individual toes. So you get more armor. You could, uh, I can run more aggressively in a, in a shoe, whether it's a zero drop or uh, I actually have, 
I've a pair of chucks that I bought for a wedding. I was part of a wedding party and uh, I've really not worn those shoes since the wedding. And I kind of want to prove a point that I can run in a pair of chucks, I don't know, 10 miles and be <laughs> complete, be completely fine. I, I look a little awkward because that's not what our minds are used to seeing, but I am fully confident that um, I could easily run in a pair of nicer, not athletic shoe and and be fine. It's funny you say that because I totally have done that. One time after oh, really? work, <laughs> I totally forgot my running shoes and I ran uh-huh. five miles in my Dockers. That's funny. <laughs> so I don't remember if this was in the... Um, what is that book that we were talking about? Born to Run. I don't remember if it was in that book or it was a different running book that I, I read. But um, there's a track coach at some college who had um, his his athletes train in new shoes, but compete in their old worn out shoes. Interesting. Yeah. His, his uh, point was that with with time, your, your shoes would... Uh, soften up you know kind of kind of like leather with more use gets softer the uh, older shoe would be more uh flaccid for the sake of a uh a better word where a new shoe kind of has a crisp hardness and um he wanted his athletes to train in in a rigid newer shoe but when they compete they, they he wanted their feet to be more like in a in a softer glove versus a a rigid uh foot container <laughs> so to speak um that might have been in uh, born to run some some college track guy but uh yeah I, I i just don't like the big heavy cushion i don't it doesn't really do much for me i do own a pair that's pretty tall stack but I, it's my work shoe it's just for standing comfort but uh running i i, I do not enjoy that feeling of of uh being off off the ground more so uh the sandals i think are like four millimeter six millimeter of um, essentially a, a rubber or plastic, um, I think it's the Vibram um, rubber that they use for that, um, is a callus. It's just protection so I don't step on things. And that's what I like. I, I definitely want to introduce folks to the idea of running in sandals, but I never try to push it. Uh, whatever shoe you like to run in, that's awesome. Um, but uh, no matter what shoe or lack of shoe you you prefer, it's the teaching your body how to run appropriately. That that is the key. So so you know I I do own a pair of Nikes that does have the kind of wedge. But as long as I now know how to run better, you can run in wedge shoes and they're fine. They're great. You know uh, at that point. I would say it becomes a style thing. What shoe looks cool or cute for, <laughs> for one of our lovely ladies? Um, you know, what color combination? Because a shoe is a shoe is a shoe is a sandal is a shoe. It's just running correctly. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, I guess from more of a manufacturing aspect with the, the high cushion shoes, mm-hmm. there's elastic cushioning, which really allows the shoes to stretch 
And then you have the, like the viscous factor, which kind of deals with how much energy return the shoe gives us. But it's all mm-hmm. kind of complimented, like the weight distribution. And most shoes today are just dampering the fall of our feet versus giving us that energy return. So really, they're just impeding our natural gait, you know, the biomechanics. So when you said... um energy excuse me energy return is that kind of the same theory to i think it was nike that had you know, boasting about some like carbon plate in their shoe or something you know what i'm talking about yeah the huge cart the huge carbon um carbon plate return energy thing like hoka did it nike did it brooks got into it a tray you got into it uh-huh yeah it wasn't um that considered like a uh, uh, gaming the system, like for some marathon run, the the result was not uh, used for like, you know, record breaking or something like that because you kind of had a spring in your step. Am I making yeah, that up? Yeah, considered uh, like mechanical doping. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is I- interesting. I mean, it, I would say more power to you. If, uh, you know, technology gets better, shoe design gets better, um, you obviously aren't going to roll out of bed and not trained and put on the most expensive, newest, coolest, hippest shoe and, you know, win a marathon. You might, but probably won't. It's, it's still your body prep, all the prep work to, to get to that point. So that's why I say, you know, a, a shoe is a shoe is a shoe. And then at a certain point, you, you just kind of look at the style that you like. Uh, maybe you, you do need that bigger toe box. So you maybe have a certain brand or within a brand, a certain style of shoe that your foot requires or you, you um, prefer. I have this weird thing. Some of my toes, when I'm wearing a shoe, um, they'll kind of uh, fold underneath some of the other toes. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, I think I've gotten blisters that way. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, a a bigger toe box helps prevent that. Um, I do enjoy wearing uh, Injinji socks, just toe socks, when when I run because uh, the, the sock itself acts as a lubricant in between your toes. I don't remember the last time I wore a regular sock uh, to run in a, in a shoe. It's usually toe sock. And that definitely, again, being my own uh, guinea pig, uh, has served me well. Do you remember a couple of years ago, the whole thigh gap thing was a big uh, deal? And like, you're supposed to have a thigh gap? <laughs> I'm a chub rub champion. <laughs> yeah, man, I have like negative thigh gap. So um, <laughs> chafing for, for these uh tree trunks is always an issue so i found a variety of lubes that work pretty good but also i have to wear uh compression shorts i i cannot run in regular shorts i will ruin my day with the chafing that would go on between my thighs yeah i definitely Uh, feel that thing yeah yeah do you have uh any kind of uh diet that you for for your um running endeavors well i think my running diet is probably horrible compared to other people i Hmm, tend to like you know I put a pack of hot dogs in my in my pack so I can just whip uh-huh. out a dog and kind of eat, get all the fat from that. But mm-hmm. my aid stations, if if I'm able to prepare a drop bag or do, the aid stations have it, watermelon, mm-hmm. cantaloupe, that's my jam. Strawberries, getting those natural sugars, and then you get the water sure. from the actual fruit itself. That's my Sweet. jam. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Um, 
I was dating this girl. Well, she she's a vegan, but like uh, I, I would call myself a vegan light. And just being able to find good nutrition that doesn't necessarily require eating of meat. While don't get me wrong, I'd love a good steak right now. I've, I've really learned like the joy of beans. Uh, unfortunately, you have to eat such a large uh, volume of salad if you're going to do that. Uh, I mean, it's it's like a part-time job making this food and then having to shovel it down your gullet and then. Um, uh, everyone's favorite runner's trots, right? With your with fiber intake, I I need a good strong coffee before I go for a run. Clean things out, kind of deal. I know diet has a lot has a lot to do with like recovery, and especially when you're training, because I know like beets, broccoli, lemons, avocados, and stuff like mm-hmm. inflammation. Like that's a, pretty substantial. Yeah, inflammation for sure, and, and um, God, I. I'll be the first to admit I'm like a pregnant lady when it comes to uh, sugar, man. Like I, I can't pass up like uh, some good chocolate. Just the sugar addiction the, that I'm part of, uh, I'm sure it does a lot of uh, inflammation, does me no favors as far as the inflammation goes. Um so that's one thing I'm I'm struggling with is trying to figure out how to satisfy like a sweet tooth or something. But also it, with fruit and stuff, it's just it kind of a, a, I'm always afraid of too much fiber. I, I would hate to ruin uh, a good run with the need to like, you know, beeline it to the bathroom. <laughs> that's why I have Imodium in my, uh, in my little, little um, first aid tackle box. Yeah, so <laughs> Imodium does what for you? It basically just blocks you up so you can't, like, you're not going to shit your brains out. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> I'll look into that. Um, research it a little bit. <laughs> That's why, you know, if I catch the runs out on the course, I have the backdrop, take the modium. Mm-hmm. At, at least that problem's going to be solved for the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy, man. Yeah, so I guess coming into Azalea, you know, what's the course like? Because I'm sure with sandals, it's a different perspective, you know. What's the course like out there? Um, so it's all on uh, private property. Uh, Annalise uh, and her husband own it. Which they're super nice people. Um, and I, f- I forget how much acreage they have, but they got a significant amount. And um, it's it's on a, a, a sand hill with uh, plenty of, um, I would say, mainly pine trees, maybe some oak. But uh, it's, it's just like, uh, you know, Florida forest. I, I'm using my little quote fingers. Um, mainly flat, except uh, for one little area. And uh, uh, very runnable. Um, it it's, doesn't have uh, much technicality to it. And uh, the fact that it's all on uh, private property is kind of nice because um, it's a closed course. Um, so you can be out there all day, all night, 24 hours, whatever. And um, you're, you're far enough separated from, you know, civilization, but you're still close enough that, uh, you, one, you're not going to get lost. If something were to happen, um, you're, you're ever only about the furthest, I don't know, three quarters of a mile from um, home base, so to speak, where Winston and his crew, you know, had the aid station and stuff. 
very cool. I, I would definitely recommend it. So, hey, take me into the race. You know, I know you've done the 24-hour four times before this. Why did you choose the 12-hour this year? So, um, good question. And and I was uh, struggling with the decision on that. Um, uh, I asked Winston um, what his thoughts were, and he point blank asked me, like, when was the last time you did any significant kind of run? And that would have been back in March, right when I, when I got my little hip injury. So it's been months and months and months. Um, and, uh, uh, I didn't think 24 hours, um, my body was ready for that. And, um, uh, we talked about earlier that I, I prefer, uh, a rat race, because you know you're going to be out there for X amount of time and you can do as much or as little as you wanted to. So I just set up a personal goal of 50 miles. If I can hit 50, I'm a happy guy. Anything more than that, I'll be thrilled. But um, uh, I used to have Mondays off at work, you know, work four 10-hour days. And uh, that was always great for recovery purposes. And I don't have that now. So I wanted to be um, honest with myself. And, and usually after a big race like that, a 12 or 24 hour, the next day, um, while yes, there's, there's recovery, it's, um, I would take naps. You know, you, you kind of nap throughout the day, a little two hour nap here, two hour nap there. And I just, I didn't. I don't have an available time through work, so I didn't want to put myself in that position and then be dead to the world um, uh, at work the next day. So, uh, but um, always enjoy a good tent city. You're seeing people pop up there, you know, 10 by 10 tents and just kind of set up. You're going to be there for a while. Better, uh, better get friendly. So, but I, I got my uh, 50 some odd miles and I was very happy, very satisfied with that. And uh, my injury is, seems to be taken care of. They're gone, not, not recurring. So I'm stoked about that. And then I, I met uh, a couple of new awesome runners, got to see some old faces. Um, it was kind of like a re-releasing party for me, getting back out there. And uh, yeah, I ran for eight hours in um, shoes. And then I switched to sandals for the last couple hours. And uh, uh, other than hitting a bunch of roots, man, um, it was a good, it was a good race. Great weather. The previous year, last year, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, what the weather was like, but a uh, storm front, cold front came through. So it was uh, a pouring monsoon and it got cold. So a lot of people were quite miserable uh, last year, um, I missed it last year, but uh, it would have been kind of uh, exhilarating to be part of that. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend it to uh, any of your listeners or, or you, obviously, um, if you want to find a, uh, a cool trail race that is, uh, won't break the bank. And uh, Winston's just a nice guy. He, he being a runner himself, um, he likes to take care of his people. And then uh, the, the facility where we were running was very well manicured, but still natural Florida. Very, very inviting. The, the entire day was, couldn't have really asked for much more. Yeah, because I know you went 56 and a half miles. 
you know, how did those first 10 miles go? Um, so, um, I have this thing where I feel any trail race, there should be a separate award for the person that runs the first loop, uh, the, the person in the lead for the first loop. And the reason is their face catches all the spider webs. Um, so I've always uh, thought it would be cool to, to do some sort of uh, spider themed award for the person that uh, basically was the sacrificial lamb to get rid of all the spider webs. <laughs> so. Um, no, it felt good. Uh, it, I definitely had to scope out where all the, the roots and things were for the first couple miles. Um, because later when I transitioned into sandals, uh, I had to be aware of all the um, hazards to my feet. Uh, when I run in sandals, unfortunately, I have to um, uh, keep my nose down more. I have to watch right in front of my feet a lot more where um, running in shoes while, yes, you don't want to um, trip on roots or anything like that, but you can run more recklessly, um, you know, stare further out in front of you. Um, but I, I kept a good pace. Uh, uh, it's just uh, there, there weren't that many people that at, a, at certain points – uh, it was lonely. You didn't, um, you weren't around people because 60 people or, or give or take uh, spread out over, I think they officially uh, measured it um, at 2.26 miles per loop. And it's obviously a trail race. So um, the, you, you can't um, certify a course like that. But uh, you could do the math, and, and you would only get um, uh, credit for completed laps. There's no partial laps. So, you know, you just start adding loops times 2.26, and whatever it is, that's what you got. Yeah, and obviously, eventually, you make it to around 26 or 28-ish miles. And that's about that's about the halfway point that you made it, which I guess, mm. how were you feeling? Because I know it's always a different ball game when you're going against the clock per se, not, not against a start finish point. Yeah. So, uh, I set up my, um, my GPS watch, which by the way, I was very impressed with the battery life on it. It, it I mean, I, I had active GPS going for 12 hours and I think I was still at 60% by the time I was done. So I was very impressed with, with the, uh, Coro's watch that I got, but, um, my watch was set for um, overall pace. So um, I was trying to stay at six uh, miles per hour or slightly faster. And then as the day drug on and the, the heat went up, um, I noticed that I was slowly um, slowing down. And um, my uh, mindset is usually early when the race starts, that's the coolest part of the day. And that's where I need to get the lion's share of my miles in because I know I'm going to, um, wear, wear down slowly and, um, uh, just slow down overall. So my, my average pace is, is going to be where I want it to. I just have to 
get the larger majority soon. Um, what also sucks is um, I was my own Sherpa, so I had to stop and find whatever I needed at my tent location, um, which ate into my time. Um, <laughs> I've perfected the art of um, running while peeing. I, I, used to have, I used to have to stop and, you know, go into the bushes. And then it went to being able to walk. And then uh, now I can get a decent trot running um, while re relieving myself. I've learned over the years to gauge my hydration by urine color, you know. And um, being, as I mentioned, that I have the uh, European background, that I sweat a lot, um, if if you're behind the eight ball um so early on you're you're never gonna rehydrate yourself as fast as you're dehydrating yourself so that was definitely a bit of a uh, uh challenge at first and then i i figured out my my game plan and i don't normally like carrying a bottle with me i just i find uh when you, when you carry something, when you run, you, your body naturally um, freezes your arm in kind of a 90 degree. Um, so it's very, you, you have to consciously kind of relax your arms a little bit. So um, I, I did have to carry water, though. Uh, if I didn't, I, I would not have performed as, as well as I did. And uh, as I was finishing, one kind of... Uh, disconcerting thing happened. I peed, and uh, for the first time ever, I peed basically cranberry juice. <laughs> and yeah, so I was not happy with that. Um, and then uh, after discussing that with a couple of the other runners, um, they explained to me, and it made sense after the explanation. Um, do you ever get like uh, you're, you, you feel like you have to pee, but when you do, you produce very little? I, I essentially call it like an inf inflammation of the bladder. You're, my bladder just feels a little inflamed from all the bouncing and things. And Interesting. Um, uh, what I uh, was explained to me was my bladder probably had plenty of irritation and from the bouncing and stuff, little capillaries um, broke. So um, luckily that was already in the last hour. So, so I was finishing up my race and then I could uh, rehydrate. And sure enough, uh, the next urination went back to normal. Actually, quite hydrated looking. Um, so it was just the one time that uh, it was a little bloody. Um, yeah, that's crazy you know it's obviously some crazy urine things going on but i guess how did those final miles go down you know obviously other than that but how did those final miles go for you you know coming into that finish line so um the only time i sat down in the 12 hours was when i did the uh, uh shoe change and went from the uh, ultras to the lunas and um that was kind of a breath of fresh air because, um, one, yes, the, the shoes had some, whether it was, uh, it did rain a little bit. So some rain, some sweat, um, 
I was running as everyone there was running with uh, slightly heavier shoes. So being able to switch out and then get into the uh, sandals, my feet felt so light. So that was a pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and then um, as the sun was going down, uh, I tend to speed up. I, I run very well at night, into the night, through the night. That um, looking back, I could have potentially done the 24-hour and racked up significant mileage at night um, with a proper headlamp or uh, you know a car- uh, a torch in your in your hand. As long as you know where you're going, you can see. Then um, uh, no no big deal. But uh, muscles felt great. As a matter of fact, traditionally um, I run with the American flag on my last lap. Oh, nice. Um, at, at Azalea, and um, I did that uh, again. And I, short of a sprint, I was sprinting, man. That last lap, carrying carrying the flag. I mentioned there was that one downhill, and I, as I was approaching it, um, the uh, there were three runners that were walking, um, uh, doing doing their own race. I I don't even remember. I think there were fi- the fifty milers. But I, I uh, made myself known, and, and they uh, uh, stepped to the side and let me go through. And I remember I sprinted down this hill, this sandy hill, carrying the flag. And then I get these three people hooting and hollering, cheering me on. They're like, that's awesome, man. So that was a, kind of a special um, uh, emotional pick-me-up to um, – to one, be able to do that because everyone likes a you know the symbol of the flag being carried, um, and then uh, them cheering me on in in return for me carrying the flag, um, and then uh, I finished and the race was over, and I realized that where I thought I was uh, in comparison to really the only person that uh, was competing with me being uh page was um i must have uh not seen her pass me she she lapped me and then i thought i was actually i, I regained on her but i i was still a lap down so that was kind of like a down it's like oh man <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought i'm cross, crossing the finish line um with with the win but uh, I didn't, and, and that's cool. Um, she deserved it. She, uh, she did it. And um, I always say, um, as long as, you know, everyone can get home and uh, avoid any kind of injury, everyone pretty much wins. Um, so that was, uh, that was kind of the deal there. Um, every, everything came out pretty good pretty good um mike melton was there for the timing he's always a sweet fella nice guy um no it was just a a very nice experience very nice experience um yeah i had while everyone is your buddy there but i i didn't have like that uh, personal buddy a, a friend a girlfriend whatever to kind of help me through um, which is something I'm coming to terms with. I used to uh, date 
a uh, girl who was kind of who slowly became a professional Sherpa for me. She she knew could read me, knew what I needed, and um, having someone like that is invaluable because it makes you a lot more efficient in um, getting in and back out on onto the course. So this is a little little new stuff I'm I'm learning how to just deal with being my own Sherpa. Um, so it's good times. Maybe. Yeah. It, when you finish, obviously you get that awesome Azalea award and those things are so pretty. The, uh, the tile. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're really cool. Um, uh, I wonder where I put it. <laughs> mad, mad. I mentioned it. Where is that damn thing? <laughs> um, um, I definitely hope to go back, try again. I guess we kind of wrap it up with, you know, what are those final thoughts, those final opinions about the Azalea 12 hour? I think it's one of my favorite um, events. I, I feel um, I was not ready for the, doing the 24, but I wish I were. And I think I learned a little something about myself that I would rather go all in, meaning compete in a 24 hour event versus uh and this is gonna uh, not meant to sound kind of elitist or whatever but short change myself by only doing the 12 so so you know back to the drawing board uh hopefully um i'll i'll uh, get into some other uh events some other races but uh, i would definitely love to go back there um wherever uh whatever course he decides to to utilize for it and um for all your listeners i would definitely recommend trying it out you know there are those options the 50 12 and 24 so it's it's something for everyone that uh if you're a trail runner is the kind of event for you that you would benefit from from uh, participating and you would get some out of it um while you leave blood sweat and tears out there on the course um and then obviously test yourself and because uh, really at the end of the day you know the only true competition is that voice inside your head that tells you to stop or take a break or you're done this hurts this is tired this is chafing um so it's always a, it's always a nice test and um i don't know man um five stars highly recommended yeah that's awesome i mean yeah at the end of the day it really is just you versus yourself like you can base things off other people but it's just that mind over matter and just grinding it out to get it done especially for those 12 hour 24 hour and so so on to greater or less than races but hey rob i appreciate it this was awesome um well cool man um uh appreciate the um the opportunity to to chitty chat cool uh well you have a good night we'll talk soon again or run across each other or i'll come to your event or one of those one of those <laughs> deals right. florida's pretty small we'll run into each other eventually yeah 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 cool <laughs> yeah sweet all right have a good night you too thanks bye yep and there we have it for rob marins and the azalea 12 hour 
and of course a full discussion about sandal running minimal running versus conventional shoe running and all that kind of stuff it was awesome to hear how rob's 12 hour went down and hey i was out at the colt 45 trail run and i had a blast out there you know i was i was doing the aid station thing just hooting and hollering you know and all that kind of stuff i enjoyed doing aid stations i love it I have a blast every single time and hey and like the classic mike martinez line hey i'm just here to run my mouth not my legs i enjoy it so hopefully we'll get an episode out about that and how that went down for some of those runners and hey with that until next time happy trails